Our gospel for today comes from John, the 15th chapter. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Vineyards, grapes, vines, branches, wine. These are very appropriate scripture readings for this area, I've got to say, surrounded by vineyards and wineries. And I do enjoy a good glass of wine with dinner when I'm out with friends. But I confess I'm not very good at wine tasting. When you go to a wine tasting, the wine connoisseurs will tell you things about a wine, such as it was aged in an oak barrel for X number of years, and so you should be able to taste notes of cherry and chocolate, etc. And even after following the four S's, swirl, smell, swish, and swallow, you're familiar with that? I confess I really only can tell what I like and what I don't like, but I couldn't even tell you why. And if I'm really honest, I sometimes go to the store and just buy whatever bottle of wine that has the nicest picture that I like, instead of the wine that maybe would taste the best. However, if you are a wine connoisseur that has built up their palate, I'm told that you can actually figure out where a wine was grown based on the taste because the grapes actually pick up all the notes and the influences and flavors of the plants and herbs that grow naturally in that area. In fact, there's a new game out of France called Bacchanals, and I hope I didn't butcher that. It comes with 40 vials, which contain different scents from various growing regions. And the object of the game is to use the scents provided with a wine guide to see if you can figure out exactly where the wine was grown based on the scents and the taste of the wine. Actually, some of you might remember the scene from the 1995 movie French Kiss where Kevin Kline's character makes a similar box and has all these scents to help um, make Ryan's character figure out what she's drinking and what she's tasting in the wine. And actually, if you've ever worked at Starbucks, for those of you who are not wine drinkers, you will do several coffee tastings, similar to wine. Yes, you use all the four S's there too. And you can determine where a coffee was grown based on taste and aroma. The science behind all of this is fascinating to me, as is the human body and the senses. 
You know, I feel like Jesus was very spot on with his comparison of human beings to fruit-bearing vines. We too are influenced by our culture, absorbing all of the things around us, producing fruit that is unique to us and our experience, forming us into unique varieties that pair well with some people and not so well with others. Much of what we absorb over our lifetime uh, can be good and helpful and healthy, right? Such as learning good eating habits, learning how to treat others with respect and dignity, learning how to take care of yourself. However, sometimes we can also absorb things that aren't so good. Judgments and fear based on stereotypes and rumors rather than fact. This is where racism, sexism, homophobia, Islamophobia, and many other isms and phobias come from. There's entitlement, this belief that I'm better or deserve more than X because I work harder or I am of this race or class or gender. Paul actually speaks about this one in his letter to the Philippians that we read today. Paul writes, if anyone has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. According to Paul, he'd done everything right and therefore was deserving of his status and all that he had had. He believed that at one point that he was better than everyone else. Did you notice he even admits that at one point he thought that it was right to persecute the Christian church? But then he admits that all of this entitlement that he had built up, this idea that he had absorbed that he was better than everyone else, was all shattered and changed because he discovered that it was not as important as the grace, love, and acceptance that he received through faith in Christ. Another danger that's often absorbed into today's culture is actually the complete opposite of entitlement. This idea that we need to work harder, look a certain way, act a certain way, pretend to be someone we're not so that we can be uh, successful and be accepted in the world. This is where a lot of our shame, self-abasement, and idealistic perfectionism comes from. All of which, by the way, is manifested and magnified if you have a mental illness. I actually just saw the Barbie movie last night for the first time with my daughter. And I've got to say, it actually addresses this very, very well. So if you haven't seen it or were wary about it as I was, it's actually pretty good. But it's all of these things, these absorptions, that our Old Testament lesson speaks about today. Isaiah gives us the image of God's people, Israel, as a vineyard. God planted the people in the hopes that they would grow and produce good wine and fruit, that they would be a people who would exemplify the justice, goodness, and faithfulness and love of God. But they absorbed negative influences and practices that led them to do the exact opposite, causing and inflicting pain instead of relieving it. So with all of these influences that we are absorbing in our lives and on a day-to-day basis, both good and bad, how do we distinguish the good from the bad? 
How do we measure what to keep and what should we maybe seek to change? Fortunately, I think Jesus helps us out with this a little bit today. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Jesus is inviting us to think about where our source of strength and understanding of the world comes from. If we are weary, confused, scared, uncertain about what we are absorbing, what do you think Jesus would do? What do you think Jesus would say about this in today's world? Now, you might be thinking, well, technically, you could back up almost anything using scripture, and you're absolutely right. Many Christians, unfortunately, have used scripture as a weapon instead of as a tool for learning, understanding, and interacting with God and others. And this is where looking at the context of the passage comes in handy. If we read one verse further, in verse 9, we get another helpful thing from Jesus. Jesus says, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. So in addition to considering what would Jesus do, the second thing to consider when trying to sort out things and make sense of stuff that's going on in the world is, does what you're absorbing or, or, um, sorry, does what you're absorbing reflect the love and grace of God? Does it show the love and grace of God? As the commentator of my study Bible summarizes, the central theme of this entire chapter is that the relationship of God and Jesus with one another and with the community is one of presence and mutuality. The vine imagery symbolizes how the life of Christian community is shaped by love, intertwined with the abiding presence of God and Jesus. A good wine is not made by just one or two grapes. It takes a vineyard of life and influence to produce a great wine. Christ is our vine. We are the branches called to bear good fruit. And as a church community, as people of God, we are called to be a vineyard, to be shaped by love and show the love of God to others. May God grant us the grace and wisdom to produce good fruit and make amazing wine for the world. Amen.